Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Paul. How's it going? It's going very well, very well. We're we're excited for today. I know this season we've had a lot of guests on, mm-hmm. and today we're going to have another fantastic guest with mm-hmm. us. But what I'm excited about is this is another one of those topics that people hear a lot about. Right. Maybe it's a good experience that they mm-hmm. hear about, and maybe it's not. So I, I love to be able to have episodes like this where we kind of demystify things for people. Absolutely. In retirement planning, there's kind of like the things that everyone knows about, uh, everyone kind of has some knowledge about, some experience with. And then uh, there's things that we're going to talk about today that some people don't really know much about, and uh, maybe they've heard things about it. And uh, so that's why we, today we wanted to clear this up, clarify this, talk about where it fits. For uh, those listening to the podcast today who haven't heard us before, listened to us before, our, our philosophy and our approach is that there is no, no such thing as a bad product, only a bad fit. And so uh, there's all kinds of uh, potential solutions out there for people, and we believe it's our job to make people aware of those um, it doesn't mean it's for everyone. Um, exactly. It just it just needs to be the right fit. That's what makes something a good or bad investment. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, it's it's as simple as someone's had a bad experience, uh, let's say with car buying with a used car salesman. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it, even with this topic, it can be a bad experience with who they're working with. So right. Uh, tell us a little bit about the topic yeah. and your guest today. Yeah, and the and the other thing too is it's like everything else. You know, sometimes uh, you know even in the world of used cars, since you brought that up, uh, laws have changed. Right now, there's mm-hmm. lemon laws. You can't just trick somebody and sell them a, a bad used car and those kinds of things. So you know, in all kinds of products, all kinds of investments, all kinds of you know things that people can do to help themselves financially, uh, products and services tend to get better over time. And I think this is certainly, you know, one of them. And so our topic today is on reverse mortgages. And so as a financial planner, um, obviously we have our own firm here, Wise Wealth. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do, you know, retirement income planning. And one of the things I have always uh, looked at, and and we really don't deal with it. And I know our guest uh, is going to be uh, itching to talk about this. One of the things we don't deal with is people's equity in their home. Yeah. Um, and so we look at, you know, we're looking at their investable assets. We're looking at how much they have in IRAs and Roth IRAs and brokerage accounts and insurance and things like that. But we kind of just, uh, we take a note of it, the equity that you have in your home or if there's any debt, mm-hmm. but really kind of just sits there. And so maybe there's some better uses for home equity. And that's the entire point of today's show. Yeah. And working with so many people across the years, we've seen some people who that is their biggest asset in retirement is their home. And for a lot of people, though, it's just another piece of their asset puzzle. Right. Part of their net worth. Yeah. And so that's why I'm glad today to have Gabrielle Welter. Gabrielle Welter is a uh, reverse mortgage specialist. Uh, she is outstanding when it comes to educating people on this. Um, she's all over social media with some great videos and content all about reverse mortgages. And uh, Gabrielle, I'm so glad to have you on our podcast today. Thank you 
so much, guys. I'm so excited to be a part of it. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Uh, Gabrielle is married with three boys. And then also <laughs> I hear that you have one super cute golden retriever. <laughs> we have, we, we can't forget her. She's become a big part of the family and requires the most attention now. Right. So she's the girl. You got three boys and uh, one girl in the family. Right. I had to even it out a little bit, you know? <laughs> busy household. So uh, Gabrielle has 11 years of financial industry experience beginning work in the life and property insurance industry. And she also owned her own Allstate agency for five years before becoming a reverse mortgage loan originator. Um, and she does this for her. It's not just a transactional you know, relationship. It's something that is meaningful. She loves helping people understand reverse mortgages. She loves helping people know whether or not they should to look into this. And she helps people and, and really tries to establish a relationship. It's not a uh, a customer relationship, but it's a client relationship, just like uh, those that work with Wise Wealth. Uh, she does have a great website. Before we get into the content, her website is myhousecounts.com. Myhousecounts.com. So, Gabrielle, with all that being said, uh, you want to just give you know everyone just a brief overview of you know what is reverse mortgage. If this is the first time anyone's finally going to look into this, what would you want them to know about a reverse mortgage? You guys did a great intro on the product and talking about the fact that it's true. So often, home equity is overlooked, and unfortunately, the reverse mortgage when it was first originated and out there, you know, there were some mishaps along the way. So over the years, it there has been different rules and regulations implemented to protect seniors and the borrowers. So the biggest thing would be just education um, for the seniors, you know, what um, that they don't need to be afraid. And people, you know, a lot of times they think of if somebody is sitting in a home that's paid off, right? Mm -hmm. That's an accomplishment, I'm yes. sure, as investment advisors, right? Are you probably a lot of times when you're sitting with your client, if you're talking about the home, that's a goal. Mm -hmm. um, and then they look at utilizing a reverse mortgage as taking on debt again, mm -hmm. almost like a step backwards, right. right? It's nicknamed the loan of last resort. Like it's for the people that yes. need money desperately. Right. And it's just not the case. It okay. can be applied like that. I mean, I have, uh, I did have a client whose home was sold at tax sale and it was mm -hmm. in the redemption period, you know, and we got the, the uh, check there to pay off the taxes by mm -hmm. utilizing the reverse mortgage at the last minute. Mm -hmm. But more often than that, it's just an excellent way to actually enhance the retirement portfolio overall. Right. And so we need to change that perception, you know? Absolutely. And so, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of times we look at, you know, someone's home equity and uh, it's kind of like a dead asset. So, you know, if you have 200000 300000 $400,000 or more of equity in your home, you know, what is the value of that to you? Correct. Um, and so, exactly. So, so people could utilize that. Uh, and, and what are some things that people do? Uh, yeah, let, me, let me start with that. What do people do with it? Um, I can think of a lot of things people could potentially do with the equity in their home that would actually be, let's say, better for the beneficiaries, that might be better for their own, you know, financial experience in retirement. Right, right. Well, and like Paul said, so many people out there, the home, the majority of people, the home is one of the biggest assets they have in retirement, right? So instead of saying, okay, home's paid off, 
um, no mortgage check, mm-hmm. you know, take a real look at that. So first, I just want to clarify and state that some people think that a reverse mortgage can only be utilized when the home is paid off, right. but it can also be implemented if you still have a remaining mortgage. So as long as the appraised value of the home demonstrates 50%, around 50% equity, mm-hmm. then you can still put a reverse mortgage in place and eliminate the existing mortgage payment. Okay. I want to come back to that. I want to come back to that because that, that's a good point. Because I think a lot of people believe, um, well, you can't get a reverse mortgage unless you have no existing mortgage in your house. So I will come back to that. But one of the things I look at, you know, for people, let's say either way, they want to tap into the equity of their house. They could take that money and let's say they need, you know, long-term care. Exactly. Uh, you, you could use that money to buy long-term care insurance. You might be able to use that money to buy life insurance. You might be able to use that money to increase your, you know, income stream in retirement. So there's a lot of uses for the equity in your home. Correct. And you know what, Stephen, a lot of times, you know, it's very common to find, um, seniors with homes that are paid off, but they have home equity lines of credit. Very common, right? Maybe they've got like 20,000, 50,000, whatever. They take from it, they pay it back. And the thing is, is you can use that same strategy with the reverse mortgage, Mm -hmm. but in this is huge. Mm -hmm. There's no payment required on that money you're using. Right. So, you know, yep. gosh, I forget. I just heard something the other day, but it was it was a statistical number, you know, yeah. on how what our chances are as a senior to, you know, need some kind of care, have some type of medical event. I think it's like seventy percent. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's what we teach our people. There's like a seventy percent chance that uh, one person over the age of sixty five is going to need some sort of like long term care services in retirement. Yeah, like you said, you can use that money to help pay for it, or. Or even if you didn't have the long-term care insurance in place, you know, what may be okay, a payment on your home equity line, you know, even though it's it's usually interest only, it can't go on forever, right? It amortizes after like 10 years. And it's just a good rule of thumb is not to acquire more payments in retirement, right? You're trying yes, to exactly. increase the cash going in and reduce the cash going out. Yeah, that's right. For most people, we're trying to reduce the expenses or increase the income because inflation and other things like that. So it's nice to have possibly an extra source of you know money, an extra source of income without adding an extra source of expense. Uh, that's a very good point. That's another great way to look at that. And so uh, one thing that I know that you've mentioned a couple of times is you're mentioning seniors. So I, I want to make it clear, what what is the age, what's the minimum age for someone who even qualifies for a reverse mortgage? So there's a few different reverse mortgage products out there. Um, the, the HECM reverse mortgage, which is the home equity conversion mortgage um, that's FHA insured, is their requirements are 62 mm-hmm. and older. So one spouse must be 62. There are some other proprietary products out there that go as young as uh, age 55. Okay. But typically you got to be age 62 to qualify for reverse mortgage. And then you mentioned something you know a minute ago that I said I was going to come back to, and now I'm going to do that. So let's say someone has a uh, equity in their home. Let's say it's $400,000 and they still owe a hundred. Uh, so they have $300,000 of equity, even though they still owe a hundred on their primary mortgage. How would something like that work? Does reverse mortgage take the hundred and maybe add another hundred to it and give them reverse mortgage for 200 so they have a hundred thousand free and clear? Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll look at like the, so if the price value 
was 400000 I owe 100000 on it. So the way the reverse mortgage product works is it is age-based and loan amount-based. Mm-hmm. So the older you are, the more we call it the principal limit. It's a higher amount that you can access of that home equity. Mm-hmm. So somebody, you know, 62 versus 82, the 82 year old is going to be able to tap into a little bit more. But in a typical situation, let's say they're 62, we're going to take about 50% of that. And so they've got access to around 200,000. Um, and then we would pay off the existing mortgage, eliminating the mortgage payment property taxes, right. homeowners insurance, that of course still applies. And then the um, we would cover the closing costs um, in mm-hmm. that money. So there's no funds out of pocket at closing. And then the remaining amount of money is available. No, that's very good. That's excellent. So, you know, for someone in that scenario, they still owe 100,000, but they have equity of 300,000 in the home. Uh, the, the praise value is 400. They could literally eliminate that mortgage payment and get an extra $100,000 just to be able to use for, you know, whatever reason. So they eliminate an expense and actually get more money in their pocket right? just by utilizing this quote unquote dead asset. Exactly. That's what typically, I mean, we can't, mm-hmm. we're all thankful for the growth in the housing market, yes. you know, in the past, you know, 18, 24 months, but it's not typical. So mm-hmm. by default, traditionally, you know, the home is not going to be your highest earning interest asset, right? Right, exactly. And so, yeah, you could take the money that you got from the reverse mortgage and invest that, like you said, you could use it to purchase maybe some things you need in retirement more than the equity in your home. Correct. Uh, And we mentioned a couple of these long-term care life insurance. Um, And so I'm going to stick with this example. Let's just say someone has a $400,000 appraised value. You know, they get a loan for $200,000 on this home equity. And and I also want to make clear, this can be a loan where someone literally gets a check for $200,000 that they can do technically whatever they want with, or it could just be a line of credit. They don't ever have to use it. Exactly. And the cool thing about that is, so, so your loan balance could initially be just the closing cost. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. And that money's just sitting in a line of credit. And the line of credit experiences some growth Meaning, let's say that $400,000 home that you have and you, we close on it. Now there's 100000 in the line of credit, right? And you mm-hmm. just let it sit for 10 years. It actually will tap into that mm-hmm. remaining equity in the home that was left in reserve. Right. The point of this would be you're not like stuck. Right. Being, oh, if I do a reverse mortgage at 62 and tell, maybe I'm going to wait five years or 10 years. Yeah. And, and, you know, let my loan balance decrease on my mortgage and let my home increase. Right. No, because that line of credit will grow and you'll still be able to tap into that home equity growth. Absolutely. So great example. So whether it's 100000 200000 if someone got it at age 62, at age 72, if they had not touched it yet, that credit limit should be higher than it was when you got started. Correct. Because the value of your home is higher. It will be. Yeah. Yeah. You will watch it grow every year when you're not using it. Yeah. That's awesome. And so you're only you're only being charged interest only on the money that you actually borrow like any other loan. Right. And you mentioned a second ago closing costs. So I think that's one of the things that people hear about sometimes. They're scared to death. They hear that, you know, the closing costs or the or the cost of the origination and so forth on a reverse mortgage is uh, you know, higher than typical, or whatever. What can you tell us about the closing cost on a reverse mortgage, whether that's a, a straight loan or a, a line of credit? So, so yes, often the um, people don't know a lot about a reverse mortgage. They will have heard that they were expensive, mm-hmm. and the 
the truth is, is that yes, the cost of closed reverse mortgage are more, the fees are more than a traditional loan. Um, there's reasons for that. The, the loan, like I said, is FHA insured. It is a non-recourse loan. So, which means that they cannot pass any debt to any heirs. So if, for example, the hmm. home, you know, let's say, you know, people talk about like, is the housing market going to crash? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Like now, like if you hear that and right. we all remember the crash in what, 2008, 2009. Right. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, let's say somebody has a reverse mortgage for 15 years and they pass away and the loan balance has accrued to and is now more than the home is worth. Mm-hmm. They cannot, they won't pass any debt to any heirs. The insurance takes care of that. Right. And, you know, it's a zero balance. So there's a reason um, for those costs that, you know, why it's more expensive. But let's talk for a second about what cost means. Right. But, I mean, it's value, right? Yes. Something's when it's not worth it. Yep, that's a very good point. I, I get what you're saying. So, uh, because some things are, yeah, it's expensive because it's not worth it. But if there is something you're getting a value, you definitely have to pay for it. Right. And, and I just actually did a LinkedIn video on this this morning, but the benefit of the reverse mortgage can far outweigh the cost of doing it. Mm-hmm. And when you when you look just at the sticker price of it, you know, and ignore what what the actual true value add is right. in the bigger picture, you're very likely to have more money in the retirement portfolio right. when you when you utilize it and strategically implement it like you talked about. You can use a product wrong. No, I get that. I think that's I think that's extremely important uh, to analyze that. Not just look at something and say, yep, it costs too much. I'm not going to do it. They got to analyze it. What are they getting for that You know, price they're paying? Uh, what are they going to use with the proceeds of that investment? Would it full, far outweigh the cost of getting the loan and so forth? So um, I understand totally. And like, you know, don't just, you know, say forget it because it doesn't cost too much. But generally speaking, is there a rule of thumb? Is it, is it 2% of, you know, the, the, the praise value? Is it 2% of loan value? Is it five? You know, is there a general rule of thumb what it might cost? Yeah. So the, yeah. So one thing that you that is steady is the, um, there is a 2% fee okay. for the mortgage, the MPI, which is the mortgage protection insurance okay. that is paid at closing. Okay. So that's going to be where the bulk of that fee comes from. That's the biggest expense. And it's just on the value of the loan. It is actually on the appraised value of the home. On the appraised value. Okay. All right. Very good. Mm -hmm. So in other words, that's good. I think that's what people need to know that, you know, because like like we we talked about at the beginning, it's like everyone just, you know, hearsay, they hear things about it. It's like, oh, I heard it cost too much. I'm not even going to look into it. So uh, you've got to look into it. You've got to know the number. And so- not to do it. That's right. Exactly. That's that's like with everything else. You got to weigh out, you know, what is the cost to do it? What is it going to cost me if I don't? You know, very good points. That That's great to know. And I, I think you bring up a very good perspective on it. And, and I think you've got some calculators even on your website uh, at myhousecounts.com. I want to remind everybody that we are talking to Gabrielle Welter, reverse mortgage uh, loan originator. Uh, she's out uh, near Chicago and her website is myhousecounts.com. By the way, are you are you licensed to help people in, in, in other states or do you have people you refer to in other states? Yeah, I am. I'm licensed in Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Minnesota, okay. Florida, and then Arizona, Texas are pending. Okay. So Missouri, Kansas, where we are, you have people that you could refer you know clients to if someone contacted you from here. Well, yeah. And actually, Stephen, it takes me about a week to get licensed. Okay. 
I got gotcha. you. So, yeah, I yeah, would perfect. just get licensed. Excellent. Yeah, so you can visit her website, myhousecounts.com. She has a lot of information about reverse mortgages. So just want to remind you guys of that. So uh, this is uh, you know fascinating discussion. So you mentioned um, a second ago that uh, this is an FHA loan. I mean, it, this is a you know federal, uh, federally uh, insured loan, and I think that's something that's extremely right. important for people to understand. And and you alluded to it earlier, um, and that just means that you're, you're you're never. I guess there's two things I was looking at as a positive to it. You know, one is there's never a scenario where you're going to have to be forced to, to, to move out of your home. I guess that's one, you know, kind of a statement question. Um, and the other one is um, you're never going to owe more than what the house is worth. I mean, there's not going to be, you cannot pass on a debt to your children in an FHA reverse mortgage. Are those two statements correct? Correct. So, so there are some, um, minor regulations that you have to, to follow, which is the home must remain your primary residence right. and you just, you must maintain it right. to, like, you know, to FHA standards. That's it. I gotcha. As long as you are, um, and you, and you have to pay your property taxes. Taxes and insurance. So outside of the loan, you're still paying your own property taxes and insurance. Correct. Those never yep. go away. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you keep up with that. You're maintaining the home as long as you're doing that. In other words, they want to protect their investment. Their investment is in the house. So theoretically, let's say both of you are alive. So one spouse dies, the other spouse is still in the house. The second spouse dies at age 95. Uh, they took out, you know what I mean? A, you know, $200,000 loan at age 62. Um, and now they're, it's 95. They didn't make any payments. And so that loan has been accruing and maybe the house is worth 400 at the start. And maybe by the time they're 95, it's worth a million dollars. So they're going to take the appraised value, subtract all the loan payments. And if it's a positive number, what happens if they sell the house and there's still equity in the home? Where does that go? Yes. I'm glad you brought that up because one of the other really common myths is that the bank owns the home. Mm -hmm. and, the, and that's not the case. The title on a reverse mortgage, is it's just like when you do a regular mortgage on your house. So mm -hmm. they don't want the house coming back to them, right? So let's say... Both borrowers pass, um, and the home then has the heirs, whoever it's left to, they have up to a year to either sell it or purchase mm -hmm. it. Now, that time frame begins with three months, and then okay. there's some extensions. Okay. Right. I think that's important for people to understand that if there's still equity in the home because the the house grew in value or the loan uh, you know, you know, wasn't as high as the, it's not like you're, you're, it's not like you're giving up the entire equity in your home. Yes. Whatever equity remains is going to your beneficiary still. Yes. And, and so often people think that, mm -hmm. and it's just, yep. you know, like we said, check the box for if the mortgage paid off or cross it out. If you do a reverse mortgage, then that's not <laughs> the case. Yep, that's it's right. not the case. We do an amortization schedule, like when I'm doing a proposal. Yes. So just like not a traditional mortgage. Of course, it's it's hypothetical because we have to assume value and everything like that. But you would be surprised at how often there is remaining, significant Absolutely. remaining equity in the home. That's a good point. So if it's a positive, at the end of the day, the, the house appraises and it sells for more than what the, the reverse mortgage loan payoff is, that equity can still go to the heirs. But if it's a negative number, uh, the house, you know, appraises for, you know, 800000 but you owe a million dollars. That's where the insurance comes in for the FHA. The, the heirs aren't responsible for the, the $200,000 uh, loss. Right, right. And you know, you know, anybody in the financial industry knows that time is your friend, right? Mm -hmm. You need money in and you need it in. The longer, the better. 
right, for growth to occur. So imagine you do a reverse mortgage at 62 and you do take a chunk of that money right away and you put it into an investment that is earning a higher return than, you know, you we average yep. on our home. And yep. it does that for 10, 15, 20 years. Yes. You actually have more possibility of increasing the yeah. legacy and the amount that's left over for the retirees and and for the heirs. Very, very good point. It's interesting you say that because a lot of times I, you know, when I talk to clients and we're looking at their, you know, financial picture, uh, the question would be, you know, what what's the plan for the house? And a lot of times we hear people say, well, we're going to leave the house to the kids. <laughs> we're going to leave the house right. to the kids. And you, you think to yourself, and what do is the kids the- want the house? <laughs> right, exactly. What exactly does that mean? We know all three of your kids aren't moving back into your house, right? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. so we, so what people mean by that is they're not leaving the house to the kids. They're leaving the money, the value of the house to their kids. Exactly. And so I think that's the analysis that people need to have and say, look, what is more valuable, leaving the house to the kids or leaving this investment that I grew for the next you know, 20 or 30 years of the kids or the life insurance policy we bought to the kids? Really, and exactly. And then all you have to do is, is divide by three or divide by four or right. whatever the calculation is yeah. rather than are we going to sell the house with the realtor or That's no? Right. What do we want to list it at? You yeah. know, do we need to fix it out first? I mean, how many yeah. stories have we heard of families that divide right. after a parent or both parents pass? Absolutely. So I think that's a very important consideration. One, another one is, I know you mentioned you have a lot of clients that have million dollar homes that go ahead and get a home equity. It's not a loan of last resort. And I know that's one of your big things. You don't like when people say, oh, this is the last thing you do. You only do it if you have to have it. So there's a lot of people that that will go ahead and just get the line of credit, get that established early, have it there, whether they ever use it or not, doesn't matter, but they still have, they can tap into that at any point in time. And, uh, and whether they use it or not, they may have to pay the closing costs, but at least they have this this asset available to them if they ever need it, want it. Right, right. I'll give you a great example of somebody with a, a million dollar home or $2 million home that, that uses a reverse mortgage. Um, let's say you, you tap into that and you use that money to buy a second home. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at, you know, buying a second home cash and taking that money out or mm-hmm. utilizing the home equity to do that, it can provide... That another opportunity yes. would be we call it passing money, you know, passing it down with a warm hand instead <laughs> of a cold. It's kind yeah. of it's not, yeah. big, it's not super warm and fuzzy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yep. but you know, instead of like seeing that, you know, that sigh of relief or gratitude or excitement mm. at you know, hey, guess what? Your your mom or dad left you X amount of money you know, help pay for a down payment on the house or take right. a family vacation or yep. pay for your grandchild, you know, Absolutely. college education. Oh, awesome. I love all those things, Gabrielle. That's awesome. Uh, great ways to think of it. College education, they take a big family trip. Yeah, it's going to come out of the equity of the house potentially, but you did something for them while you were alive. Uh, you know, while your hands were warm and not cold, Paul, I, I didn't, I never thought about that one, Gabrielle. It's a good one. Uh, we'll try, try to remember that one. One more thing I want to talk to you about. This has been outstanding. I think this is going to be extremely helpful to people to understand, to look into. And I would just suggest that, you know, that they contact you, go to myhousecounts.com, get hold of you. Uh, you, you explain these things very well. You want to give people education. You want to give them the options. I think you'd be a great place, uh, great person to, uh, for our clients and people listening to the podcast to work with when it comes to looking into a reverse mortgage. One last topic I did want to talk about before I let you go, and that is what they call, you know, a, he- a heckum for purchase. Using a reverse mortgage actually 
uh, not to um, to take equity out of an existing home, but to actually buy a new home. Can you just explain that real quick, how that works? Sure. So one of the big problems for seniors is, um, especially now with housing values on the rise, is well, even everybody, right? It's like, geez, you can sell your house for a lot, mm-hmm. but you can't. You have to spend a lot to buy a new one, right? Yes. So one of the things that seniors face is their home being suitable to their needs. And so if they find themselves in a situation, they're living at tri-level or bi-level, they need a ranch, whatever, um, but they don't mm-hmm. have, they only have the money from the sale of their house. So let's say they have a $200,000 house, but they can't find what they need for $200,000. Uh-huh. Or somebody maybe is relocating because they want to be closer to the grandchildren. So right. they're going to change states or areas, right? Um, but, but housing values are more expensive there. With the reverse for purchase program, or it's called H4P, you uh-huh. can actually do a reverse mortgage and close with it. So what you do is you come to the table instead of like three and a half percent down, FHA uh-huh. conventional 20% down. You come to the table with that 50% equity. Mm-hmm. So if you can sell your home for 200,000 or you need to take some money out of investments to help fund this too, but you can actually purchase a $400,000 home or mm-hmm. 450, you know, depending on your age Amazing. and not have a mortgage payment. Right, very important. That's huge how people understood what you're saying there. So someone could buy a $400,000 home with only $200,000 of cash, either the equity from the home they sold or from, you know, cash they had in savings and not have to pay back that other 200. They have a $400,000 home that they only paid $200,000 for. Exactly. That's huge. And really, that's very interesting, you know, even in, in the environment that we're in currently where uh, people are saying, you know, well, I can't sell my house now, even though they're, the value of their house is the highest it's ever been because they know they have to turn around and go buy something else. And so uh, this could be another example where you could sell your house for, you know, your highest, you know, level ever take some of the equity, you know, buy another house for cash for only half the amount you might need and so forth. So that that's a very, very good concept. And I know, Gabrielle, there's a lot more. I mean, you 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 talk a lot about reverse mortgages. Uh, you do it all day, every day. I know I see you out there on uh, social media. I know you love this topic and you're an expert on it. So thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. If you want to get in touch with Gabrielle, her website is myhousecounts.com. And Paul, obviously, if anybody needs to get a hold of us here at uh, Wise Wealth, the website is wisewealth.com. And Again, uh, we talked about it at the start of the show. It's been great to have different guests on, just cover different topics that people sometimes you know don't talk about, they're afraid to talk about. And we feel like our job and our role here, especially on the podcast, is to make people aware of different you know products and different uh, investment solutions and, and money solutions that are available to them. Absolutely, and, and you know it, it it all fits within the context of a plan, though, mm-hmm. too. So we don't bring up these topics just for the sake of bringing up topics, mm-hmm. but rather or introducing products, but really talking about what are the ways that we can solve the puzzle Uh in a sense, right? So these are all just answers to the overall planning question, which is what we're talking about, the the plan. And so, you know, I appreciate you, Gabrielle, for being on today. Um, We will, in the show notes, have links directly to it. I know you've spelled out the website and all that, but we do have links right in the show notes to Uh that. 
We also have a link in the show note to be able to request a copy of our book, Simplify Your Retirement, where we talk about some of these topics, Mm -hmm. certainly not as in-depth as this, and that's why we have the podcast, Mm -hmm. so that people can continue to learn and grow, and I appreciate the educational approach that you take, Gabrielle, and it's, uh, yeah, I I don't feel like if anyone clicked contact me or they talk to you that they're going to feel like they're being sold something. Mm-hmm. And that's a key thing for us as well. Yeah. It's not, it's not about that. I mean, especially with a product like this, you know, the individuals have to feel compelled and safe. It's about peace of mind, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, and making them that's feel right. like they made the right decision and, and that their retirement future is better because of it. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, and so again, thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for having great guests on as always. And, You know, of course, our last thank you goes out to you, the listening audience. Really, you're the reason we do this. We wouldn't be here without you. Thank you for tuning into the Simplify Your Retirement podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Stephen comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. It also makes it much easier to share podcasts, especially one like this that a lot of people are going to want to hear. So again, thank you for listening today. For everyone at Wise Wealth, this is Paul Brock reminding you that financial peace comes from having a plan. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wise Wealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.